0: It's Behind the Hype, with me, your host as always, Brian Dressel, with me, Chewy Darso! Hello. And Jonathan Harnesty! Yo! Yo! <laughs> I, I, that, I, that voice is just not for me. Like I will not be asked to take over for the intro guy at SNL, but I'll I'll keep trying for the next two weeks here. Maybe by week four, I'll I'll have a good one. But uh, you know what? I believe in you, Andy
1: Richter type of thing.
0: Yeah, I can do the intro for Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. We'll just do that. (laughs) Switch the theme halfway through. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do Fridays movies. Did they make? I don't think they made any movies. Did they? They went on very long.
1: I don't even remember that. I thought you were talking about the restaurant.
0: No, no, no. There was another sketch comedy show at the same time, like uh, called Fridays.
1: Is that the one that Kelsey Grammer tried to do?
0: I don't know if Kelsey Grammer. It famously had the one where uh, uh, Andy Kaufman was on set and went, "I don't want to do a sketch where I'm smoking pot. I want to do this. I'm leaving." And stormed off stage in the middle of a live taping. Oh wow! That's huh. that's the entirety of my Fridays trivia knowledge, and it's because it's in the movie Man on the Moon. Anyhow, let's move into today's episode. <laughs> So it might not even be true. I think it is.
1: Of all the comedians in the upcoming movie, Andy Kaufman is and not Andy one Richter of them. Is not in
0: that. <laughs> Neither one of them. Oops. There's,
1: is there an Andy in this movie? There might uh, be
0: one. There might be an Andy somewhere in there. There's an art. no, but there's a Ronnie. There is a Ronnie.
1: There's an Adam.
0: There, there's an Adam. There, there, there's there's quite a few people. Anyway, we're doing Coneheads today. Yeah. Uh, Chewy's pick of the yeah. of the month. And she picked it mostly because you hadn't seen it. I Hadn't seen it. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> and it looked more fun than Superstar, which we're also going to watch later, and I've not seen.
0: <laughs> that's that's my bad. Uh, I wanted to go funny with it. You guys went and picked good movies accidentally for one of you. Um, spoilers in a this moment. This movie's great. This movie's actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not good, but it's actually pretty good. Um,
2: we'll get into it. Uh, I actually have a few Where Have They Been Doing's this week. John, did you have any? Uh, no, but I did watch a few, uh, Conehead sketches uh, oh. earlier today just to kind of get into the vibe and the inspiration behind the movie and stuff like that. I watched, uh, one where the, the three family, the uh, the Coneheads were on Family Feud. And, okay.
0: Uh, that, that is actually, uh, one of ours is we just watched that entire episode of SNL. Like we yeah. figured that'd be a good way to do a, uh, where they've been doing, just watch a whole episode. So we just oh, watched nice. that entire thing. So we also watched that sketch. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> i like
1: the movie a lot more
0: yeah i gotta say i have been going through a lot of like that was uh, you and i have the exact same way they've been doing i watched i think four conehead sketches today yeah yeah Uh, and it's like yeah these are funny but they all kind of overstay their welcome a minute and uh it's like once you get the gag it's not that great anymore like they're fine i can see why people liked them movie's funnier
1: i still can't believe they made the movie
0: Oh yeah! the <laughs> last
1: time they had done a Conehead sketch.
0: It was a while in between because, like, the entire cast was different. It's not like Dan Aykroyd was still on the show. Yeah. Like the most of the cast, well, not most, a good chunk of the cast shows up in the movie. Like that's mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, Daniel, uh, David Spade, all that. That was the cast, not not Dan Aykroyd or Jane Curtis anymore.
1: Nope.
0: Um, I also watched just one other one. Unless you had another sketch you want to talk about beyond the Family Feud. Which one did you watch? I watched Family Feud, and then I watched the one where they went to see their neighbors with John Belushi. Yep. Okay, so we lost yep, yep. sent ones that's fucking hilarious without even planning it that is nope. great <laughs> I think we both went to YouTube and searched conehead sketches and we took the first two you probably did no I really planned it in advance <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about I, I well that's how I got there so I can pretty much piece together how you got there
2: we only uh, have one rule here and otherwise <laughs> just go crazy <laughs> just go nuts oh my god
0: the The best thing about the, the John Belushi sketch is the ending I, I didn't look into it I don't know if if Ackroyd was supposed to dive out the window but like the uh, it, for the sketch for those of you who haven't seen the one that we're talking about basically they move into a neighborhood and uh, the John Belushi and uh, who was the other Gilda Ratner um, asked them to come over to visit for the afternoon and it's just kind of like oh they're aliens not from France and that's the joke but at the end of the movie Belushi or the end of the sketch Belushi pulls out this like hair dryer that's shaped like a <laughs> cone head like those old schools school like, uh, salon hair dryers yeah. And they're like I'm selling these at-home hair dryers and all the cone heads stand up and scream and start to run out the room, but as they get to the edge of the room, uh Akra dives out the window and then all three of the cone heads go or all three of them go out the window too, but the last one kind of gets stuck.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Belushi <laughs> and Gilda just lose it. <laughs>
0: Like, the rest of the sketch is just them, like, with hands over their mouths, just clearly laughing, just saying their lines just for it to end. Like, can this, can this be <laughs> over now? Get through this. That was too funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I'll
2: have to watch this later. It's
0: pretty funny. The, the other thing that I, I felt that I just had to do, because uh, we didn't do it last week, and that felt like a huge misstep, is I went back and I watched a Blues Brothers uh, appearance on SNL, uh, the one where they sing Soul Man. And uh, it's pretty much mm. what you'd expect from uh, if you've just seen the movie, you've never seen the sketches. It's just, it's just like the end of the movie. Oh. It's just one of their performances. Mm-hmm. They come out, they come on to the da 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 The same music brings them on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sing their song. They have the wacky dances. They play the harmonica. It's pretty much what you'd expect. It's just a song I knew, but it's fun. Yeah. It's always fun. Like they are incredibly engaging, fun
2: people,
1: and that's why they got the first movie.
2: Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish I could uh, get a hold of the uh, album notes because they actually did an album too, They've where done they a few. The, yeah. where they work on, on the show note and the sleeve notes or whatever. They had actually some of that backstory stuff that you get in the movie. I was like, what a cool idea! Just to yeah. kind of spring up from this. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I really dig the Blues Brothers. They're they're
0: pretty cool. Um, Hot take. Yeah, but today is about Coneheads. Coneheads. Or as I, I titled our, our, our episode just because I'm funny, Pyramid Feats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I crack myself up. We uh, enjoy
2: mass quantities of humor. <laughs>
0: a really quick uh, summary of the movie. Chewy, you picked it.
1: Summary of the movie. Uh, the beginning of the film starts much like most sci-fi films. Uh, With a spaceship, close-ups of someone piloting a spaceship, and then crashing. Uh, And it turns out they crashed into Earth. They were supposed to take over Earth, another, you know, typical sci-fi thing. And they failed to not-quite-so-humorous ends at the beginning of they just need to go live a life. So this movie's all about how the Coneheads just accidentally end up uh, living the American dream, you know.
0: Yeah, it is kind of just a. Uh, oh, we crash landed here. We want to leave. Well, you have to wait seven. Uh, seven something zerals. Zurls.
1: which we don't really. That's definitely more than seven years.
0: I think it, it ends up being like sixteen Earth years. Yeah, ish,
1: something like that. Um, but yeah, they just kind of fall into the great suburban uh, monolith and are very accepted and everything. It's like it's like the ideal version of what America should be. <laughs> Except Welcome. they except the like they still have like the weird people who want to control immigration mm-hmm. constantly, but then everyone else is about as accepting as you could ever be. That's this movie. And then, to me it's kinda like makes this movie really homely and fun.
0: Oh yeah. Like you just go to uh <laughs> you want to see how accepting everybody is? Go to the scene where uh um how am I blanking on his name? Beldog. Uh, I want Beldar. to say oh. Bowen. Um, Beldar goes <laughs> to the uh, goes to the dentist. Like there is your prime example of <laughs> yeah. just kind of rolls well, with it.
1: Well, I guess to the things is they have to assimilate. So to assimilate, he has to get rid of his really pointy, multi layered teeth. Uh, they change the way they dress and everything. They get a job, and then they have a daughter, and then they, you know,
2: like well, they I said, did. they've
1: lived the American dream. Yeah. Uh, and then you know they have to go back to their planet, and then they find out they don't like their old life anymore, and they go back to Earth.
0: Well, they do fight a rancor. Don't don't it's forget about not fighting really it. A it's rancor. totally a rancor.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, no, it's totally. Thank and, you.
1: Except that it's not.
2: Except that it is. Mm. Okay, granted, the name tag when he checks into work is Rancor. <laughs> I mean, it's a little smaller than a rancor. I'll give you that. It's
1: much. also blue. I do what
0: color the rancors it are. Has their home dip- planet.
1: Different shaped head
0: slightly different and shape
1: different vocabulary
0: oh my god you're going out of the vocabulary yes it's a rancor and
1: if you, if you read the books before, i did read the books did you read you did read i did read the of books Leia. they have thoughts and feelings
0: sure As and so does a rancor in this movie and he goes i don't like golf <laughs>
2: golf sucks <thugs>. <laughs>
0: Golf sucks. That was Dead rancor. One of,
1: honestly, that was one of the best through line jokes <laughs> that I've seen in a long time.
0: The golf. Yeah. Yeah. The golf. <laughs> there's just like, just kind of getting into the movie. There's something about this one, like, I, and I'm not really sure what it is, uh, and we'll, we'll try to figure that out as we go today. Um, it's not you look at it, you watch it. it's very clearly like the the quintessential version of an SNL movie where it's just a series of sketches. Here's the Coneheads uh, doing this. Here's Beldar at work. Here's what it's like when the girlfriend has a boyfriend. like it's just kind of like a collection of scenes with a very, very light through line that's basically just there to be funny and entertain you. It's like a it's a recipe for both success and extreme disaster. However, I can look at this one and go, but all the sketches, all those scenes worked. They were all funny, like, and they actually like the the growth. Sure, wasn't the story so much because it really is just kind of waiting for your car to show up um, or like waiting for your cab. Like that is the movie. It's like, all right, they're gonna pick us up in sixteen years. I guess we'll hang out. I'll look at my phone for a little bit. No, oh, that didn't really fill that much time. I guess I should have a kid. Uh, like, <laughs> it, it's right. I am with my Cole. thoughts exactly. <laughs> But it's a very kind of basic premise to make a movie and it always it solely relies on are those sketches funny? Cuz most of the time when you watch a movie that's kind of a collection of sketches if even like one or two of the sketches don't work, the whole movie starts falling apart. Like specifically I'm looking thinking of the movie The Ten. There's mo- moments that there's, I like The Ten. There are scenes that are gut-bustingly funny and their scenes that are like why is this still happening? I never had that feeling throughout all of Coneheads. I've,
1: I would use it as an example of that. Napoleon Dynamite.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's a, a very good example of that. Yeah, I don't think Coneheads has that problem. And it feels no. like when you look at the reviews, like people thought it did when it came out. But the movie really didn't age poorly. I had a good time watching I think, it. I love watching Chris Farley in anything. I think anything. people would
1: like it more now than they did then. Because back then, they... Since they actually had sketches of Coneheads, people had ideas of what they would be. Sure. That and originally Blues Brothers, since they were more of a musical act, weren't held down by any preconceptions of what they would have been outside of that.
0: Yeah, never. I don't. I mean, I guess I could be wrong, but I don't think Dan Aykroyd ever said on SNL as uh, as Jake. Um, not Jake. That they were orphans. Would, uh, no, no, no. That they're on a mission from God. Yeah. Like, I don't right. think that ever came up in the show. Like, that was all for the movie. Whereas this one, well, yeah, everything here came from the show, for the most part. Like, the whole, like, we're from France.
1: Yeah. That's from the show. Yeah. But they, uh, I since I haven't seen a lot any of the sketches other than the one, mm-hmm. I just assume that a lot of people, especially because it had that suffering of time. Oh, yeah. Of nostalgia. Uh, I mean, people suffer from that now. You didn't fit what I thought my nostalgia was. Yeah. So, therefore, I hate this.
2: Well, and that's kinda of why it was I was glad to be able to watch some of those sketches before even talking now about it, because my guess is that yeah, all those moments in the sketches are pretty similar in the movie, just different and our our kind of distance from the actual <clears throat> from SNL, the sketches that they're in, I think helped a lot and is gonna help this age even better as time goes on. Because yeah. like you said, Brian, those sketches they kind of overstay their welcome about two thirds of the way in. Yeah. And then you kind of if you've experienced all of those and are really into all those sketches the movie are like those sketches kind of strung together so you could i could see getting a little bit burned out in the moment in the era of cone heads a bit it's like oh okay yeah this is expected they're from france and expect like you, and you could it's not feel on that
1: tv so they can edit around the this has been going on too long
2: well, yeah, I yeah. mean that definitely yeah. helps
0: it.
1: But. Yeah, because with sketches, I mean sometimes they'll just keep going way, like you said, way past them being yeah. funny, but they have the time to fill on live TV, so they can't stop it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I could see like that's from then maybe why this one didn't like it wouldn't have the magic that like Blues Brothers might, but in time would have the same. Magic. I, I I felt similarly gleeful and happy watching both of these movies within yeah. the past couple weeks.
0: Yeah, and the the interesting thing is, is like the the Blues Brothers is a long movie. Like like that's a long sit. It's almost two and a half hours long. I mean, it came from a three hundred page script. So the mm. fact it's two hundred only two hours long is pretty decent. Um, this movie is a nice trim hour 20 hour 25 <laughs> yeah. with credits yeah. like <laughs> it didn't
1: need to be longer it was perfectly no. paced like for
0: the sketches that kind of overstayed their welcome they definitely took that note for the movie they're like all right we, we're, people aren't gonna want to sit here for more than 90 minutes so let's make sure they're out before 90 minutes like one of
1: my favorite examples of that in this movie is probably when primat or jane Curtin is at the grocery store with her friend and they're full on ni- late 80s, early 90s attire. And they're just talking about relationships and how men are pigs and blah da, da. And then Primat just sees a eggplant. <laughs> and then she screams really loudly. And then she grabs the eggplant and laughs. And the scene's done.
2: And I didn't yep. need
1: her looking at any other vegetables or fruit or whatnot, that was perfect.
2: The, the, <laughs> just kind of moving
0: into like let's let's talk about the individual Coneheads as much as we can here, and I'll start with yeah. Jane Curtin because I fucking love Jane Curtin. She's so good. There there's things about Jane Curtin that I, I think are just hysterical in and of themselves. I can still watch Third Rock from the Sun and find her hysterical in every fucking episode. Like she's great. Uh, but there's something that she did with this character and they kind of did in the movie that I think was just genius. Where we have the daughter who is born on Earth, is raised in Earth, has like an Earth accent. She's very human with the exception of not being a human um and then you have dan Aykroyd, who's been forced to go out into the world he gets a job as a jo- driving instructor he likes to play golf with his friends like he's out and about so he starts to assimilate a little bit and then you go to Primat and she is the at-home mom
1: she reads a lot of cosmo
0: she reads a lot of cosmo she might go to the grocery store with keeping. a friend but for the most part she stays home so whereas the other two start becoming more and more human You have Jane Curtin, who's over here, still being this (laughs) goofball alien in every scene. And every scene she's in, she steals.
2: She's so fucking good in this movie. Yeah, no, I think I was watching her the most in this movie. Whenever she was on screen, it was Dan who? (laughs) And I liked Dan Aykroyd a lot. But like, yeah, yeah, no, it was just like zero it in, like right on her. Because every genuine laugh was really coming from everything she did for me. There's like a scene where she's reading a Bible and just laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you, if That's you look like at, at
1: the very beginning, yeah, yeah. When they put it the same hotel, yeah. Which, by the way, is when we get our first uh, example of being accepted because you have Kramer as that oh, yeah. motel cur- clerk, and he's just fine with everything.
0: Totally fine with everything. But the the, the <laughs> beat about Jane Curtin reading the, the Bible, what she's reading is supposed to be uh, the end of the world. And she finds it hysterical because she knows how the world ends. Conehead invasion. <laughs> so it's so funny that they would take it as anything but that. <laughs>
1: yeah. You never did see their glowing feet again. No. Nah. That's the one time you saw her feet and for some reason the bottom of the shoes were glowing.
0: There's a lot of just sight gags that just kind of yeah. happen once and go away, but I'm kind of fine with like
1: it. Like him eating the toilet paper.
0: Him eating the toilet paper. Eating or the the, soap the toilet paper and the sandwich that she just.
1: They eat a lot. They I mean, do that's eat a a lot. that's established throughout the film.
2: That's true. I it, weirdly enough forgot that I've been quoting this movie when I, I for a while there I would say eating mass quantities, and I didn't ever. And then for a while I forgot why I would say it that way. I'm like, why do I keep calling this mass quantities? And then watching oh, it, I'm like, funny. oh, this. <laughs> That happens
0: to me with, shameless plug for our other show, Frisky Dingo. Every now and then I'll just say something like, where did I come up with that? And then when I go back through Frisky Dingo, I'm like, oh, that's it. This fucking show. Um, I
1: just, I know I've seen in other movies characters just blasé-like eating... Uh, the word
0: just left me. Bananas.
1: The stuff in the walls.
0: Oh, fiberglass?
1: Not well it's made out of fiber. Insulin? Insulation.
0: Insulation. Ins- <laughs> insulation insulation
1: where Primate is eating just casually. They don't even pan to it or anything. It's just one little on the side side gag that she's eating the insulation in the walls of their trailer. Oh no. And I- I'm just like that was so easy to miss.
2: I, I did and- miss it unfortunately. Oh man.
1: <laughs> and then I just think back I've seen that. In shows and other movies, yeah. people oh. eating insulation, but they make a point about it. So I'm like, why yeah. are these things like making a reference to Coneheads?
2: That'd be historical, <laughs> probably. Uh, and then even the the gag with the vacuum, I was not ready for. It. I forgot in this movie that the vacuum gag. Trailer. I remember, the that from the trailer, I remember <laughs>
1: seeing the trailer growing up.
2: Uh, and yeah, the, I, I had...
1: remember that. In the, I remember that was in the trailer. Her, uh, the daughter eating the sub was in the trailer.
2: You
0: remember this trailer very well. Yeah. I don't remember the trailer at all.
1: Because I, I was fascinated by Coneheads, but when this came out, I was like 10 years old.
0: Because yeah, this
1: was, what year was this? Uh, I'm thinking 93. Uh, 93. Yeah, 93 yeah. Yeah. So I was 10. Yeah. And my parents weren't taking me to this movie.
0: <laughs> I, I was 7. And my dad didn't take me to it. He did rent it for me to watch at home, and we watched it together, and... I want to say five minutes in, my dad was just in a bad mood. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah. Your dad doesn't like absurd things.
0: No, I don't remember where my mom was, but my dad was just not into it. I remember like, this is so funny. And I look at my dad and he's just arms crossed, just like, it's <clears throat> <is> not funny. <laughs> I can't say he's wrong, but at the same time, is, he's very but, wrong. It's hysterical.
1: It's, But it's so absurd. It is nonsensical, absurdist humor. And it's true. Like, you have to really let go of certain things. And if you're not capable of that, then you're not... It's like when we played apples to apples with your dad and he couldn't handle us sending like the completely incorrect uh, cards.
0: (laughs) That's why it's funny. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. uh, Let's move on to the daughter. Uh, What was her name
1: again? I was convinced she was played by, uh, I just forgot her name from Who's the Boss? Alyssa Milano? Alyssa Milano. I was convinced she was played by Alyssa Milano. It's not Alyssa Milano. Yeah, that's what I learned. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's definitely not Alyssa Maloney. Where, where is she? Uh, Connie
1: Cohn, go back up. Connie Conehead is Michelle Burke. What else do we know Michelle Burke from?
0: Uh, Michelle Burke is famous for, uh, the only other movie that I know off the top of my head is Days of Confused, which is funny because in this movie, she's friends with Joey Lauren Adams and Parker Posey. And in Days of Confused, <laughs> she's best friends with Joey Lauren Adams and Parker Posey. Really? Yeah.
1: I didn't even notice who her friends were. <laughs> I didn't know it says Parker Posey.
0: And Joey Lauren Adams. <laughs> who's, who's also in Days and Confused. Who's Joey be.
1: Lauren Adams.
0: I you guess. know Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, she was also in um right? Rats. Right. She's in She She's in Big Daddy. She's
2: in uh Yeah. Oh, weirdly, the weirdly girl. enough, yeah. I always see Joey Lo- Lauren Adams' name in the credits. You want
1: me to remember who she is? Biodome.
2: Oh yeah, Biodome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Oh, come on.
0: Forgot. We have to do a, mo- a month on Pauly Shore at some point just, just for chewy. Play to your audience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at me and you're <laughs> Uh, mole rats. I still, i well, annoyed. I've seen mole rats once.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm pretty sure you saw.
1: Mall I've rats. seen
0: mole yeah. mole rats once. i and- uh,
1: sure I said once. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a joke in mall rats? No, okay. no.
0: It's just I could see how annoyed you're getting every time I said it. So I to keep <laughs> saying, it's a Brian, <laughs> a Brian joke.
1: Oh, and I finally realized where I knew Gladys Johnson, the driving student from. The- she's uh, Maroney's mom in 30 Rock. For the longest time, it was bothering me. Like, why do I know this woman?
0: Because she's a <sighs> woman who's obsessed with aliens in two different properties with Jane Curtin.
1: <laughs> was she in yes, 30 she Rock? Yes, she was. Um, <laughs> I forgot that one, too, then.
0: Yeah, she's in 3rd Rock from the Sun. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but mostly, I remember it as the mom, to. Um, I'm forgetting her name on 30 Rock. This is the episode of Chewy Can't Remember Names. <laughs>
0: This is the worst podcasting ever. <laughs> what the fuck! As her Jenna, Jenna Maroney, Jenna Maroney. Maroney's mom. It.
1: which was her last on-screen role before she died.
0: Oh, that's too bad.
1: Yeah, RAP, Jen hooks. Third cancer's a bitch.
0: Yeah, fuck cancer. Um, but let's anyhow. Let's go back. Way, way back to 20 minutes ago when we were talking about Michelle Burke. Michelle, uh, Burke. Michelle Burke as the daughter. She's clearly supposed to be kind of like our, our intro character, like the ones us humans relate to, yeah. but she's still just weird enough. And I think she does enough with that character that she's actually quite enjoyable throughout. Like, she's not really one with like any comedic lines or comedic beats. She's more of like a vehicle for other things to be funny around her or mm-hmm. for like psych gags to be funny. So it's not like the most like um, heavy lifting job. But it's still an important one, and I think she does a really good job with it. Like she has, she's good with reaction. She's good with timing. Like she's good. She's the
1: closest thing to a straight man we have in this movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because even like Ronnie, uh, Chris Farley's character, like you can never have Chris Farley as a normal dude. Like so, he's still a total.
1: He's kind of a dork that works at a mechanic office and is also a caddy.
0: Yeah, and also is is a little bit of a predator, although he doesn't doesn't entirely know that and gets uh, schooled real hard by Beldar,
2: which is good. He, he corrects course after that. Yeah, he says thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No, but like, she, her relationship with Ronnie, like, it's great, endearing. I wasn't expecting to enjoy that as much as I did this time around watching it. You know, after years, I was like, I know that there was a thing, like they had a Ronnie character and her, but yeah, you know, I'm really here for <laughs> uh, Primat, right? Yeah. But no, I was really, I was getting, I was really into their, their budding relationship in this and. Even that, what you just said, the him getting schooled and him actually getting better and becoming a better person for the most part. Like, that's cool. That was cool to see. You don't really
0: see that often in movies, especially in like kind of goofball comedies. Like, lessons aren't really learned. And like, he learned that lesson well.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, And he even becomes an ally to them. Yeah. And like, and even Beldar kind of forgives him with that, like, Ronnie. Can I say 55 words to you? <laughs> and then if you if you go back and you count his line, he says exactly
2: 55
1: words. <laughs> well, he probably wrote the speech and then went back and added it. I'm
2: sure. The later. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, if Dan Aykroyd wrote it, it would have been like 300 words, yeah. right? Can I say 365 <laughs> words to you, one per day? Uh, but it's gonna take a minute.
0: And
1: even like Ronnie, again, super accepting and stuff, and it kind of made me think of Demolition Man when it came to their quote unquote sex scene were and so stallone was not into the whole mind meld thing to have sex but ronnie was
0: ronnie was a guy I, who i don't think gets laid very often he's like whatever it takes <laughs> you want to wear right. that wreath cool let's wear the wreath <laughs> yeah i'm totally
2: on board with the sensor ring man yeah
1: where did you get those under your bed I'm like, how they sleep standing up
2: <laughs> so it's on a hook
1: it's
0: behind their bed <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just under like the one foot width of their bed. Yeah, I
1: don't know. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I mean, either way could be could be it. Really. Yeah, yeah, they all work. <laughs> I gotta say though, I. I know there's not really much that she had to do with this scene, but I fucking love the di- the diving scene because there's no way they'd ever let her on the team. No. Like, the- they'd never let her. Like, I don't know what they would say, or maybe they would because, like, how the fuck do we fight this? No, you can't be on the team because your head's shaped weird. It's the
1: way you were born, and you can't. It's too much of an advantage. <laughs> the
0: way you were born is an advantage. Like, I don't know what they would do, but it is just hysterical.
2: Like, she she would have just won a gold medal at the Olympics. <laughs> Like that's how good that dive was. I love the sound design of that scene. Oh, especially so when she hits the water and it's like, whoop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and apparently her coach was Ellen DeGeneres.
0: It was. I did yeah. not notice that. This movie, uh, just a brief side note, has the film debut of Drew Carey, Ellen DeGeneres, and Joey Lauren Adams.
1: I feel like you could do a bingo or drinking game <laughs> or something to spot the... More famous later comedian.
0: Oh, yeah, just spot the comedian. Well, I mean, some of them were more famous later because they were on SNL at the time. But still, it's just like, holy crap, this movie is just filled to the gills with either Dan Aykroyd's friends, Dan Aykroyd's family, or just comedians.
1: I mean, even so, like, uh, what's-his-face playing a customer at the very beginning? Eddie Griffin. Oh, yeah. When did he get his show? It was in the late 90s, right? Yeah, it was after this. It was way after this, and he looked exactly the same. I don't think Eddie Griffin ages. And mm-hmm. I was just like, can we... I, no,
0: he's I, a Highlander for sure.
1: I want him to be in more than the movie. He was just a <laughs> random customer who got his one scene.
0: I mean, even Sinbad's in it for a minute.
1: <laughs> he gets more scenes. Yeah, he
0: does. He's an <laughs> actual character. But it's still like, oh, wow, Sinbad. I love, Phil Hartman has I a scene. I loved like,
1: just... Sinbad and the bot, the taxi boss. I don't remember who played him. Was it Shashir Kurup? I don't remember. Kudri, Just the The birthing scene itself, complete chaos. <laughs> what is happening? Fluids are flying everywhere. The doctors and nurses are running all about.
0: Oh my god! Just when her water breaks in the house, just... <laughs> And floods out the whole thing.
2: <laughs>
1: god, dude, you could make like ten Frankenstein's with that much fluid. Oh See, reference the, to what... Mary Shelley's Frankenstein.
2: <laughs> yeah. What's funny is like that's what I would. That's why I imagined pre having. My two kids is like what would happen. Even during some of the pregnancy, I was like, I hope uh we have enough uh towels for the flooding that's gonna happen. Just but not understanding like I'm referencing this movie still, you know. Like that <laughs> stuff has been so burned and ingrained in my mind, you know.
1: Oh, well, when you get a if you have a third child, you can you can definitely reference this some more.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, not bite the umbilical cord though. Jeez. Oh my Eww. god. Would you like to cut the umbilical cord? Yes.
0: My God, just Jane Curtin and and Dan Aykroyd's Argh! is so good.
1: I swear, like it was actually quite refreshing to be able to see see his eyes in this movie, since we can't see his eyes. Oh, in Blues Brothers, in Blues yeah. Brothers, and he's like he's trying to be stoic and serious the whole time. So just see the glee in the moments in this film, the utter joy and love he's having playing this character. Like the shot when he wins the best improved game or whatnot. Oh, he's so
2: coin. happy. He's
1: so happy to get
2: that
1: friggin' uh, trophy.
0: I just love the little, when he's imagining the trophy being his, the head just grows into a cone shape. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: like you, you fight your whole life to feel all the joy that he feels in this one movie. No wonder they come back to Earth.
0: The, the funny thing is, just kind of moving into Dan Aykroyd, is, like, I feel like late late in life Dan Aykroyd has kind of tainted my opinion of Dan Aykroyd so much that I forgot how fucking great he used to be. Yeah. Like, going back to Blues Brothers and this, it's like, holy fuck. Like, I agree with John, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm here for Jane Curtin. Like, she is she's the reason I will love this movie forever, because it's just... She's such a goofball. But Dan Aykroyd has to carry the film. Without Dan Aykroyd, we don't have the movie. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't work without him.
1: He is the matriarch.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> but but he he earns it. Like he He's
1: uh, a it matriarch. It's
0: a pa- patriarch. It's patriarch. 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 But I'm you know sorry, it's I'm funny sorry, that you so said it the other way though. It is, is very funny a you negative... went the other way.
1: Because matriarch is so positive and patriarch is so bad. Uh,
0: uh, no, I know. I liked your joke the other way. I thought you were joking. <laughs> Me <No>. too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like there there is something to be said about it. Like he he does a great job. Like he is in it every scene. Like I, I always remember quality Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters, and that's about it. Like I know he was good in other things, I'm not insane. Like I go back to the S N L sketches, he's hysterical. But I kind of forgot how good he used to be in movies. And like it's just so oh, much yeah. fun these two weeks going back and like, Holy fuck he was good. Like holy like he's just so funny. He's this just, has just almost a become funny a low guy. key like yeah. Dan Aykroyd month. Well, I mean the first half was. I don't think he's in the rest of it.
2: <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, it's it's just great. He's great and you kind of forget watch you know from where we're sitting in 2020 having the rest of his filmography later on is just like oh, okay I and mean like does he you have said a filmography
1: you forget anymore he just sells vodka right
0: he pops up in things here and there but he like also just like in interviews he's a little bit of a curmudgeon and it's just like he's just not as much fun and I get it I mean like he doesn't have to be like he doesn't owe that to anybody right.
1: but we kind of get less fun as we get older
0: it happens but still yeah, like angrier yeah yeah, and I think all that kind of tracks. But at the same time, like it, it does make this, going back to Blues Brothers and Coneheads, like, that much more enjoyable. Because it's just fun watching Dan Aykroyd have fun. Like When he's having fun, his movies are better. Yeah. And throughout the last two movies we watched, you can tell he's having a blast the whole way through. Totally. Because I think that holds true with Ghostbusters as well. Like You can tell he's loving every second of Ghostbusters. When he's enjoying his job, we're better off for it.
1: Hopefully... That'll come out in the next Ghostbusters movie. Oh, fingers boy. crossed on that one.
0: I'm mm. not even crossing any fingers. I don't out. even care. Uh, Ghost- <laughs> Ghostbusters was a thing, and it was great, and now it's not.
2: Uh, Still
1: coming out to probably VOD because theaters
0: aren't opening. At least not in this country. Yeah. <laughs> Other yeah, now I, want,
2: I want Beldar to show up in this new Ghostbusters movie. They open the you know, oh my God, barn so door, bad. and you see the cone silhouette, and he's like, Ah, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: And just, like, little things. Like, when I made the joke earlier about uh, his family being in this, his daughter is in the movie. She plays the young version of their daughter. uh, And the only reason that was is because she was so obsessed with the conehead makeup and costume when she came to visit the set. She wanted one of her own. And they're like, (laughs) well, why don't I just put her in the movie? Then she'll (laughs) definitely have one of her own. and It'll be perfect. Yeah. So they did. That's amazing. (laughs) It's so good. Um, but beyond, like, the title cast, we still have a whole bunch of other people that show up in this thing, and we have everyone from active SNL members to previous F- SNL members to cast members of Fridays from earlier in the show, um, and I think even somebody from Second City, maybe?
1: The Canadian guy, Dave Thomas. He wasn't on Second City, right?
0: No,
2: was he, he wasn't Kids in the Hall.
1: No, he was... Uh-
2: uh, S- or what was it, SCTV or something? Yeah, yeah. Second City TV. And, so Second City. Oh, yeah. that yeah. is Second yeah. City. Yeah. Second oh, City TV. S- oh, yeah.
1: I didn't realize that's what it stood for. Yeah. So yeah, Dave Thomas. He was never on SNL or yeah. any of that, but he plays the High Master.
0: He's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Man, when Dave Thomas is on, he is goddamn hysterical.
1: He was a great comedian.
0: Oh my god! Like even going back to like Rat Race, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got a very minuscule part, but he's hysterical in it. I like Dave Thomas. Um, I like Dave Thomas. I david spade cracked me up the whole way through like he was just i forgot he was in this i did too until he started watching it and it's like he's just basically playing his character from just shoot me before he was on just shoot me but it worked <laughs> he's just kind of a, a wormy little assistant guy and i love how he just even on the conehead's home planet he still warms his way into an assistant assistance to power job yeah like, yeah he's, he's very <laughs> very good at it he's- I got this. I got your this. <laughs> Why don't I just hand it to me? He's having a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line in this. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but there were people like I didn't even like really notice like I, I didn't catch tim meadows like i i knew where he was because i'd seen it like in those did you know so and so was in this movie he so, was
1: athletic cone
0: yeah i think he gets he's like one of the first ones killed off by the rancor uh yeah yeah he is yeah in the rancor I, it scene, took me right? a second the scene with the, yep, rancor? the rancor scene right, right i had to right. pause it's that
2: rancor scene me. and rewind it a little bit because you like rancor so, so much the...
0: right yeah i just wanted to see more and more rancors
2: yeah i had it playing on no. three screens so there's <sighs> three rancors going at one time <laughs> I uh, had an extra wide monitor to watch the Rancor scene in, in like, a wider depth. I'm going to try
1: to find something that bothers you like that.
0: <laughs> Should just do the whole episode on Rancors. <laughs> and about how
2: this is a Rancor. I'll stop. <laughs> that, actually, that is a great idea for a month of <laughs> our, our podcast. Just the Rancor month. And it's just a month of, you know, strife. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. There isn't a lot to go on with
0: Raincar. I guess we can read a book.
1: <laughs> mm. Everyone should go read The Courts of Princess Leia. It's not the best of the pre-Disney books, but it is a lot of fun.
0: I actually, like, I, I'm shitting out a lot. I actually really enjoy the book. All right, what have we missed in this thing? Uh, is there anything particularly notable about the production design in this? I know there were, um, at least according to the IMDb trivia, there were subtle nods to France throughout their house, which I did not catch, but I also wasn't keeping an eye on I'm
1: not for. really into French stuff, so I don't want to catch that so much. Uh, I mean, the decor was delightfully like they captured the feeling of them becoming a American nuclear family. Yeah. Like they really like cemented the idea that they just somehow simulated perfectly with all of the design aspects with the clothing, with their choice of jobs, with the design of the house and everything. For,
0: with, with their Halloween costumes, like yeah. just their Halloween costumes. She's,
1: she's lipstick. She's he's, lipstick. He's
0: Abe Lincoln. He's
1: Abe Lincoln. And uh, the daughter is a princess with a big hat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's all so perfect.
2: Uh.
1: The one thing that we didn't talk about is do they poop?
0: No. They, they, they get rid you get, of waste some other you, way.
1: You, get, you see the one thing of uh, Beldar going into the shower and hanging out with the dudes. He's got these little nubs. Mm-hmm. Where normally uh, Shrek butt nubbins on would his be. butt? Yeah. yeah. And you, then he has no butt crack.
0: You know what they do? They use the three shells.
1: They use the three shells? Oh. Yeah. Is that where that comes from? Yep. Is that okay? I mean, this is in the 90s, so that is the future. It could work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. If everyone poops, how do coneheads poop?
0: Maybe that book was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that book hasn't lot. seen coneheads. Yeah. The, the book should be retitled All Humans and Most Mammals and, well, Reptiles, too. And, well, I guess Fish. And everything but coneheads poop. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that is the full title, by <laughs> that the way. Is the full title of the book. <laughs> it kind of gets lost in thought halfway through. Mm i like long titles sue me
1: uh oh and i also just love that beldar has the perfect work and home balance he is an amazing employee while still being attentive to his family
0: oh my god i I love how much people just love working with him yeah he's the best employee
1: (laughs) his cab always smelled kind of sweet
0: I need you to work in tonight. Okay, but this is the last third shift in a row. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: he's just ready to go. Oy. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. Just it's kinda neat to see that. Like he's not just some schlub, he's actually doing a great job at everything he does. Yeah. And it's not played for comedy in the same way that like be all that you can you be might man. do. No, he yeah. he's a pretty sincere
0: character yeah a, the most nonsincere goofball movie I, I enjoyed re-watching it i've enjoyed talking about it this movie's just climbing my ranks sure it's not the comedy classic that blues brothers was but it's a pretty good movie there's
1: no reason for this not to be appreciated i don't yeah, that's like, why i was like at the very beginning of this podcast so we all agree it's aging wonderfully once you can get past the nostalgia our parents must have had for the skits <clears throat> And since we didn't have attachments to those things, we can just appreciate this movie.
0: Yeah, like it's widely renowned as like there's two good SNL movies, and it's Blues Brothers and Wayne's World, and that's it. I happily throw this one in with those two. Yeah, like I think it is right there with them. I think the quality is there. I think the the comedy is there. The chemistry, all of it works. I I throw it. I mean, it might go Blues Brothers, Wayne's World, Coneheads, but right, it it wouldn't be like that. Wouldn't be a slight against Coneheads.
1: Let's just. I tried. thinking that Night at the Roxbury was going to be a fun rewatch and it was not.
0: Nope. That is one of those examples of a series of sketches that does not work. Nope. <laughs> Luckily we still have Superstar coming. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be a good one. I mean,
1: it's Pat definitely did not age well. Like No. <laughs> <laughs> this entire premise imagines that it's funny to make fun of trans people or non-binary people yeah. or probably all of the above.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that movie. There's a
2: reason we're not doing it, it's Pat. might <laughs> those might be one of them. Uh, yeah, I know it, it's weird because I've been reading a little bit, just a little bit, on the reception and just how harsh everyone was at the time. Like, like, yeah, just seeing like one half of stars out of four for Ebert and uh, just the general negativity about the movie. And then how we're coming at it, even like from our generation of just, it started off pretty fun, and then it's only gotten better for us. It's weird to see that. For me, it's kind of, yeah, a little bit jarring. Yeah, and then like you look at the director. We didn't really talk about the the crew really at all
0: for either one of these. Oh, well, we did a little bit last week because the director was super important. But Steve Barron, he's had a, a like a varied career, to put it mildly. Like he's been all over from like TV to documentary to this, that, and the other. But he's also done like big things like he did uh, he did the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Tur- teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie like that that was Steve Barron he did uh, uh, what was the other one he did one that you really liked, the miniseries the Merlin uh, miniseries Merlin! Yeah, like that's campy as hell but it's still fun like I'll make fun of it to the end of the day but it, it's still a fun thing like he's done a ton of that sort of stuff yeah he did Bowie documentaries like I'm looking at his IMDb right now Um, he's done a bunch of stuff so he's not a bad director so I, I I guess I get what John's saying. Like, I don't get where the negativity is coming from. I feel like this one is just like, well, Blues Brothers works, so they're just throwing anything at the wall and seeing if it sticks, so I'm going to go in expecting it to be horrible, and it was horrible. I don't think anybody gave it a shot.
2: Yeah, and especially the, the line that was really standing out to me in like extreme bold as I read it. Uh, is in the Ebert review, where it's like, dismal, dreary, and fairly desperate. And I think maybe in the moment, at the time, that could have been how a lot of people who are more versed in film during that time would see that maybe as such but from now from here 2020 looking back and watching the movie it was opposite of those words
0: yeah i don't see any of that at all dreary not at all like
2: i mean it
1: was very bright and colorful
0: yeah ebert was a he was a grump
2: sometimes that guy he was um yeah, but but like but just even seeing that and just trying to apply it, even try to come from that point of view to it, of something that like, oh, this feels like SNL's just cashing in. I mean, we have some of these complaints about modern versions of things, and it's just it's interesting to see it from this angle where the, the time has done all the work of really rearranging how people think about it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think this one was deserved any of the hate that it got, but. Oh well. Oh well indeed. It's still out there and it definitely deserves your time. But speaking of time, we've been going through quite a bit of it. So uh, let's move into favorite moments.
1: Favorite moments? Favorite moments? I said mine. What's yours? The the grocery store when she sees the eggplant.
0: Ah! (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, (laughs) I like to
1: think she does it every time she sees them in the grocery store.
0: The thing about that scene is that as soon as you're done describing it, I forget it. I don't know what it is about that scene. It just doesn't stick with me. But as soon as you mention it, I'm like, fuck, that was a funny scene. That was a very funny scene.
1: Because They're just just talking, talking, gossip, gossip, housewife bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I
0: I think mine's a little bit more of a somber moment. Um, Not that it's... Somber, But I think it's got to be the the Dan Aykroyd lesson that he gives Chris Farley. And it's just not even, like, really what he says or how he says it. It's just, like, the the physicality of it. When he just walks up, peels open the top of Chris Farley's car like it's a can of sardines, yells at him, and then bends it back into place. Like, I just – I really just (laughs) enjoy – like (laughs) – We've seen so many different movies and so many TV shows and yada, yada, yada do all of the, like, the dad being the physical, like, I'm going to hold a shotgun while I'm talking to my boy- girlfriend's boyfriend or I'm going to, like, talk about the shovel I have to bury bodies in the backyard. Never has it been, I'm going to go peel back the hood of his car and talk to him and then put it back. Like, it's just mm-hmm. such a a different way to do a very old joke and I, I really enjoyed
2: it. Um, yeah, that, that one was mine. John, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a, a, a slightly more subtle moment, relatively speaking, but one that wasn't a special effect because I, I, I really was amused by the eating segments oh, sure. and the like, where they have to move them out, like use the makeup to expand the mouth and all that, even the like special effects. But when they get down to breakfast and Dan Aykroyd just shovels, what was it, like 10 or 15 different Eggo waffles yeah. into his mouth, just <laughs> one <laughs> after the other. And I'm just like transfixed by that scene and it was great it was just a great subtle bit of physical comedy that was I'm impressed but also yeah. very amused and endeared by that scene
0: oh man it's a good one for sure um god double features this week is gonna be a little difficult I think I say that every week but I feel like this week might
1: I already have mine
0: my... well no I guess it's not gonna be difficult I take back everything I just said except for that I think I say this every week because I'm pretty sure I do mm. uh what's yours
1: not another teen movie.
0: Oh, my goodness, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> Double feature.
0: I mean, I, you're, you're totally right. They'd go it's, together very well.
1: So many people don't appreciate how good that movie is. How
0: good Captain America is in that movie. How
1: good everyone <laughs> is in that movie. And how many people are in that movie. That's
0: That's very true.
1: There's so many actors we love today. That were in that movie, and they did not get the love at the time. No. And just that movie just takes... We have
0: have Captain America. We have Randy Quaid. (laughs) End of list. Lots of other
1: people. So many
0: people. list
2: them all out right now. (laughs)
1: Supergirl's sister.
0: She's also
2: there. I never remember her name. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I know Um, it was Alex Danvers. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But... It's just one of those movies that the first time I watched, I'm like, whatever. It's just it's another movie about these other movies that is probably not going to be good. And then it was, and then it turned out to be one of my favorite things to watch whenever I just need a pick me up.
0: I mean, out of all those mock you movies, I'd say it it might be the best one, which is weird because Scary Movie kind of kicked it all. Oh off, yeah, but
1: if I'm going to, I'm totally going to watch another more before I watch uh,
0: Scary Movie. Scary Movie because.
1: Yeah. It doesn't. Re- I mean, it has gross out humor a in ton it, of gross but art. it doesn't rely on it like uh, the other one does. Well,
0: we'll get into those comedies in some other month when I do like I don't know parody month. That'd be yeah, a so- rough fucking month.
2: <laughs> It'd be a lot to choose from. <laughs> We'd but, have to be uh, oh. the Spartans. Um, oh. yeah. Month of depression. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs>
1: But either so, I think watching Coneheads... And you know this just got thrown on the calendar
0: a, somewhere down the line, right? Fine. It just happened. Because there's. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think the their level of absurdity and Americana would work well together.
0: No, I,
2: I definitely see what you mean there. Uh, John, what about you? Do you have one? I'm still kind of mulling. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, something that's maybe not as absurd, but has a few of those moments where you're like, oh, look at all those people in here. Ten uh, Things I Hate About You. Okay. And it's going to be like i like kind of shifting gears when it comes to a double feature like this so you've got something that's super absurd and then i want something that's uh like 90s funny but like you i want to shift it like shift it a little bit and i think having a lot of people you recognize later from movies later on and things like that and yeah i i think those would pair interestingly yeah i could definitely see that uh mine's gonna go a little bit of a different way and
0: uh it seems a little on the nose, but let me explain. I'm going with Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it—they'd it, work. I, get well. it. I Yeah, they'd work well together. Um, and that's why I said it'd be on the nose. They but... would
1: end up hiring belda Abs- to work
0: literally. at the. Oh no, I want that crossover. <laughs> <laughs> but the the reason why I think it's like, they they go to bed go together better than just the on the nose aspects. Is I think Coneheads has aged very well and might be a better movie now or better received now than it was when it came out. And I think Men in Black has gone the exact opposite direction. Like watching it now is kind of, I don't want to say a chore, but it doesn't really make me laugh like it used to. Like it's just kind of like, everything's just kind of fine. Like I, I turn it on every now and then because I loved it so much when I was younger. But like it doesn't even bring me back like that, like, oh, I was young joy. So like it's still not a bad movie, it's still in, in entertaining. But I think just the idea that these two go together very well and that added, like, this one got better and this one got worse makes for a very interesting double feature. Hmm. Just throw more yeah. layers yeah it. Uh, that's it. We did it. Beautiful. We cone-headed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we consumed net- mass quantities. We did consume mass quantities of humor. Um,
1: I wish I had mass quantities of chocolate.
0: No, we I don't. We don't. Um, next week we have what is largely considered the other good SNL movie, even though this week we totally just des- debunked that nonsense. <laughs> uh, and we're doing Wayne's world, uh, special guest coming in next week, Mr. Brock holiday from the damage boost podcast. Oh, when, sweet. <laughs> when we mentioned that we were doing SNL movies, he immediately messaged me and went, uh, I, are you guys doing Wayne's world? And I was like, yes, we are Brock. He's like, Yeah that'd be cool and that would, be cool. would you like to be on the episode Brock yeah
2: <laughs> I think when he shows up next week you need to talk to him in his voice
1: <laughs> you need to let him know stairway to heaven is not allowed
0: <laughs> no stairway denied denied <laughs> oh my god so next week's just gonna be a quote run for yeah. 30 minutes <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. no, that's all a gun, Let alone multiple guns to necessitate an entire rack. Yeah, I, can, I can do. Where would I get month. a gun rack?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck, that is a funny movie, and I really look forward to watching it sometime over the next week. But until then, we have a whole bunch of plugs we can talk about, uh, including this show and every other show on the ATH Network at athpod.com, uh, including our new show, Welcome to you Are Doom. The Frisky, A Frisky Dingle Podcast, which has now had its second episode. This week was edited by Trey Johnson, and uh, I forgot to throw in the credits. I had a whole plan to throw in credits, and then I just didn't, so I apologize. But that was the only thing that changed from the first week. Trey Johnson, thank you so much for editing thank our you. episode. It was wonderful. Thank you very much. And he did a great job. So please listen to episode two. Episode three will be coming out shortly, probably on Monday, if everything goes as coin in plan.
2: Uh, Chewy, what you plugging?
1: Superstore.
2: John, what you plugging? in demon days the other podcast on our network it's good. <laughs> it's good it's your show you should sell it a little better than it's good i was trying to go with, like simple quick and simple like <laughs> but no it's great it's an actual play tabletop podcast and we're having a great time up to no good as usual i mean it's every week is a, it's
0: it's a doozy and this week, my, my voice is hurting a little bit more from the intro, which makes no sense because it wasn't that dramatic of an intro, but for some reason, it's just it's still in there. Yeah, the no, I didn't try to. It's uh, in my throat. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <just, Yeah>, <sighs> oh, we're losing Chewy. She's yeah. going down. You're always losing. She's going down. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's 946 <laughs> on a work day.
0: Woof. So we should probably say goodbye? Yeah, we're going to watch saying.
1: an episode of Grimm, right?
0: I didn't know that was on the table. I guess we are watching an episode of Grimm, so we got to say goodbye really fast, because who knows what those crazy vests interrupt you. <laughs> For those of you keeping track, I am keeping my they promise. They
1: out there, and they are voguing.
0: I'm in season four of Grimm. I told Chewie I'd do it. I did it on the air. I'm doing it.
1: You got invested.
0: In certain aspects. And gosh darn it to people like you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, this isn't that thing. That Stuart thing. <laughs> oh we did watch no. that sketch we, we brought it up last week and now Chewy has watched an episode I don't get it how <laughs> did that get a movie perfect <laughs> that's the best way to end we're saying goodbye bye bye bye, bye. bye.